So we're just going to just have fun today. I hope you join us for about 35, 40 minutes on your drive and just really just soak it all in, cause you to create something else. Be right back. Hey there, welcome back everyone. Thanks for joining episode three of Disaster Podcaster in the first part of 2023. Um, Having a great start to the year and from what I can gather, so are most of the restoration contractors. Still the lingering effects from the great big polar freeze vortex. So I'm grateful that our industry was able to have an abundance of work and really test out some systems. And I, and people did test out some systems. But before we get started, a little bit about uh, me. I think you might, if you're tuning in, you might know who I am, who we are. But if not, my name is Clark Brown. I own a few different companies. One is Restoration Advisors, and we do just that. We advise and are coaches on the business side of small to medium-sized restoration contractors. You're 700,000, half a million, up to 12 million, maybe. Got some clients all throughout there. We work on big business things and then small as well. Having a particular struggle with a software implementation, estimating processes, staffing issues, we can help with those. Then we help some people just scale their whole company, just like really trying to build something profitable, sustainable that gives them freedom. That's what we're about. We want companies that run smoothly, profitably, so that the owners and the staff can have the lifestyle that they dream and want. And we've had incredible success because we focus on that. I'm not the guy, we're not the guys that are going to be making just catchy videos, click here, do this, gonna go into this. We do have other products that help some people, some don't. We do have some an online courses that we offer that some people like to learn that way. We have uh, a few different things, but the podcast, is not really about our business. It's just a way that I get to express my thoughts and views on this industry. And a lot of it comes from feedback. So that's a little bit about who we are. I have another company called CatX that's still being built and developed. Got a few people that already want to get involved and become clients, but it's about the commercial side of our industry. Just really developing a segment of your company that focuses on commercial work. And then, of course, that can lead into what the industry calls large loss. Those are two different things. So more about CADEX in the future. I'm really excited about it. That's where my background is in commercial. And I'm really, really excited to help some people become better at that because it really, um, it's a great bolt-on to your company. So as we get started... I want to start all of my segments in season three by shouting out to small and medium-sized great companies that may or may not be clients. Lariat Restoration is owned by Carlo Quintana in El Paso, Texas, of course. (laughs) Carlo is not a client, but he's an incredibly good friend, a trusted colleague, and a collaborator with me. We have a lot of the same desires to see the professionalism that this industry grow to. But I just want to give a shot. Carlo has been growing a little bit, some years more than others over the last couple of years, but man, the guy's culture is everything. So we won't grow too fast if it hurts the culture with Carlo. Full service, really heavy in the water fire. Um, He's a board ups franchisee. He's actually started a really cool new product for roofs there. Very, very much because of where he's at in uh, El Paso. It's called Roof, I think it's Roof Max. A lot of trauma. They do a lot of uh, unintended deaths and suicides in his market. But he serves El Paso and Las Cruces, New Mexico. Just a fantastic company. You go into their building and you feel it. And that, to me, is a huge indicator. So... 
I'm wearing a hat that I got from Carlo. I'll probably be doing this on most every episode. I don't always wear hats, but um, but I had this one today, and I said I just want to do a shout out. So I know thousands of contractors, so it's, I can't announce and shout out to everyone. But Carlo, just thinking about you. Saw some good stuff last week, and it may be right down that I wanted to give you a shout out today. So um, let's do that. Otherwise, just going to have some other topics uh, and points here. I've actually redone my outline today. I usually create those a couple of days ahead, but I had a very, very busy morning with phone calls, a lot of unexpected phone calls. I had some free time. I usually spend my mornings in building mode and creating and reading, and maybe I'm taking a course or something like that, just something to make my company or me, which are connected, a better. Um, some of my team are out of town this week doing an on-site in upstate New York with a new client. They're trying to get their business kind of uh, trying to figure out what the real issues are. So they're doing an on-site. I update yesterday at the end of the day via the, the notes. It was it went great. It was um, hard. The first day on-site when you have a coach or a consultant or advisor can be extremely taxing and tiring because you feel like you just, you're shedding all of this work stuff therapy so um but that's the part of it so my team's away i had a lot of phone calls today and it caused me to rewrite a little bit of what we we're going to talk about i bumped a few things and i brought them in so i hope that um you'll follow along as we just again today is just hit some casual conversation season three of our disaster podcaster season one season two every year has been different and my first point is going to kind of talk about that. Why do we do a podcast? I find it fun and I find it to help me have better conversations and express what I believe in and stuff like that. But every year has been different. I've had some seasons where I had a lot of guests. Those are very popular. People love to have me interview other people in this industry. Some of them real high ranking figures and, you know, I, I don't mean ranking, but I mean, people that you see all the time. I mean, those are my friends. I, I go somewhere, I see them. We help each other a lot in this industry. We bounce things off each other. But I think at some point you've heard enough from that person. And this year, our last episode with Danny Strong, I want to bring it down to the real people. And not that the other ones aren't real, but the women and the people like you, I don't mean like people that have products and services, not coaches, not hygienists, not CRC instructors and, and heads of boards and then associations. I'm talking about those that that do what you do and have either in the middle of it or have gotten through it and they're on the other side and they're growing it and they can help. They want to help everybody else. So we're going to see a little bit more of that. I've got a couple more of my colleagues and it's going to be people that I know because I'm not really big on asking strangers to come on my podcast. I actually tried that. I actually reached out to someone who I just know from, you know, through the lens of online, the forums or whatever. They don't really know who I am. They just see some of my posts and things and I asked them about being on my podcast and it was a no because they said, what's in it for you? Why am I going to be on your podcast? They thought I was selling something and I'm not. So um, it kind of works best if we know each other. But that said, if you're just an every ordinary lady or a guy or a couple that own a company and you want to just come on and talk about, listen, talk about the pains you've had and talk about the success you've had. What turned the dial? What made it work for you? What were, um, you know, whatever that story is, come tell the story. You want to do that? Reach out to me at Clark at restorationadvisors.com. Go through our website, restorationadvisors.com and let's have a chat. I'm not going to be bringing on people that are promoting a product or even a service. I don't want to be a pay to play 
channel. I don't want to have a whole bunch of sponsors where I've got to take a break and thank those that sponsored it. Look, I know all those companies and we need those things in our company. We need, you know, apps and we need programs and we need people to help us get through stuff, but not here. That's not what this is about. And I also... Let's say software. I know all the software companies and all the owners, great people. They all serve a need, but I'm not going to line up with one because then when I recommend another one to someone based on what they need, because they're not all equal, you might need something different than this. I don't want to have this situation. Well, we're in some kind of financial complication or, uh, you know, some kind of financial situation where me recommending the right software to another person, that's not the one that I'm engaged with with a contract or with an agreement to cause friction. I, I don't want that headache so i think that there's softwares for different people for different places where they are in their business so that's an example so just to talk about a few things today some notes i wrote down here and this was a new one to add on i was talking to um, it was a client this was today was from a client i think if you're that type of person you have to make a conscious decision that while it's work while it's company it's a gift and you need to have fun I'm not really a big outgoing fun person, but for me to have a passion for what I do, I have to enjoy it. And, and for me to enjoy it means I can't take it super serious. I do take my company very serious, and I do think what we do is uh, I have to be careful. We are helping people with uh, fragile situations, and there's a lot of trust there. You can't misuse that. About two years ago, I made a choice to just be who I wanted to be and have fun doing it. As I became a coach this year, later this year will be six years, six years ago, there was kind of a template of what restoration consultants were supposed to look like, and you're supposed to go to these places, and you're supposed to say these things and do this stuff and fit into this lane. And, and there are a lot of different consultants in this industry and everyone's a little different. But I just found myself being a little bit not who I was. I wasn't good at it, so I wasn't comfortable. It wasn't my true self. And um, that doesn't mean I didn't do my best work early on, but I just decided that I'm going to have fun. I mean, when I say have fun, I'm going to do it my way. I'm going to do things that bring a smile to my face, that make me, that at the end of my day or my week or my month or my year, I'm going home and I'm really excited about what we did and where we're going. And I think you have to have fun with that. So I was talking to a client today and said, you know, are you having fun? He's like, not really at all. It's the fight with the insurance company. It's the staffing troubles we have, the estimating situations. And, you know, there, there are a lot of topics and issues. And what happens in small to medium-sized businesses is you're so, you are the operator, you are the brain and the nucleus, the center cog of your business. And every challenge becomes more weight on you. You, you take things personal. To talk about my company means you're talking about me. If you talk about restoration advisors today and tell me that, you know, you didn't like what we did on that blog or we don't like this lesson that we taught, I'm not taking that personally. That's not saying, Clark, you're not good at what you do. It's just like that I didn't resonate with me. That's what someone's saying. That wasn't for me. That didn't click. And that's okay. Secondly, you know, are, are you laughing or, you know, if you've got a team and everything's all serious and it's all about fixing problems, so today's blog that went out, Band-Aids for a bullet hole. It's like, you know, if you're just always putting out fires, putting a Band-Aid over a bigger issue, that becomes a not cool place to work anymore. And life is too short. I think having fun is important. And, and for me, having fun was, I'm not going to dress up. Uh, what am I wearing today? I'm wearing casual stuff. I got a shirt. We have a shirt that we produce, Restoration AF, which is, could mean a lot of 
things, but it's basically restoration as fuck. Like that's what we are. But I wear casual clothes. I you probably most often see me in jeans. Does that mean that I don't fit with the folks at the the highest associations that wear khakis and a shirt and tie? I've never seen that a shirt and tie makes anyone smarter or better. It just means that they're trying to be something that speaks to everybody. Do I need to dress up to look more professional to someone? I don't think so. I think the information that I give and the coaching that I provide and the insight that I share should tell you all you need to know about like who I am. Doesn't matter. I, th- I think that's it's a very antiquated mindset and our industry has fallen into that. And I think some of the things we struggle with today are still because of we haven't shifted our mind. Now, do I think you do look like a slob? No. When I say we have fun, we started this podcast. I'm 50 years old. Never thought I would have a podcast. You've probably heard me say that. But if I'm going to do it, I'm going to have some fun. Most of it starts with some music. You'll see me do a lot of different things. If you take, you know, little, little Easter, they call them Easter eggs and drop stuff into podcasts and have some fun. My blogs are usually on the side. Our blogs and things that I write or Toby writes are on the side of things that we are attached to, but we're just having some fun with it. It might be a little sarcastic. It might be a joke, but it's, it's really just a comparison to something, a metaphoric comparison, like my blog, Band-Aids for Bullet Holes. The premise is, you know, we're putting Band-Aids on big problems, but we're not addressing the problem. I heard a song from a country singer called Morgan Wallen. I love music. A lot of my thoughts come from things from songs and music and stuff like that. So have fun in your business. Get with your team. Go to Top Golf. Go to Axe Throwing. Well, maybe HR doesn't want you to go to Axe Throwing. I told someone one time and they did it. It's like before your morning meeting, find a stand-up comedian in your market. You know, stand-up comedians are just trying to make a few bucks to live. That's a hard business to be in. They're not all going to be Chappelle and Robin Williams. Find someone that does stand-up comedy at the local Bunny Bone or whatever you might have in town. If you don't find it and ask them to come in before your morning meeting. They usually don't like mornings, but one of your meetings and just have them do a set and start off with funny and jokes. And man, that will change the entire meeting and it will roll into your week. Um, Serve ice cream to your staff. Have an ice cream truck go to a job site and tell everybody there, grab an ice cream. Customer too. Everybody grab an ice cream cone. Have some fun because this this is way too heavy for us to take it too serious. And I think once you start doing that, when your team starts doing it and the culture is there, I think it becomes contagious. And so I would talk to yourself and talk to your partner, business partner, and your team or your consultant or your advisor or whoever you want to, your priest, and say, I want to make a shift in my business. And it doesn't mean I'm going to be seen. By the way, if you're like, if you're doing fun on your social media, people will relate to that a whole lot more. They don't care really as much about what you do, but who's doing it? Who's coming to my house? Who's coming to my business? Who am I trusting with my most valuable stuff? It's these people who don't take themselves too seriously. And they, they're more like me than I thought. So maybe that's a marketing lesson. I don't know. But I will tell you for your sanity, if I can't have fun here, if I can't dress the way I want to, if I can't write blogs the way I want to, by the way, I couldn't tell you how long the line is of people in this industry that don't like me because I'm different. It's no different than any clique in the world. This industry has it just like there are a long list of people who just don't like the way I handle things, the way I talk about ignoring insurance companies, the way I talk about onboarding your client to prepare them for the shit show they're about to potentially hit into. There are people who hate that talk. Can't be anybody but me. I don't suspect you should be anybody but you. You will attract the customers you want. You will resonate with the people that are like you. You can't spend your time being like someone you're not to be around people you don't want to be around. So that's my suggestion. That's what helped me. It helped me grow my business, but not directly. It helped me 
feel better about what I was doing and have more energy and passion and be more creative and overlook the crap. Get rid of all the stuff that I don't need to be focused on just to grow my business. And so for that reason, it's completely helped me and maybe it will you. So drop in the comments if you want to, how you want to have some more fun or what you do for fun or, or, or whatever. Just let me know that you're with me on this because I think that we should have fun. We should have, tell jokes. You'll notice a lot of my posts online and stories include that, but um, you pretty much know who you're dealing with when you talk to Clark or Restoration. Toby's the same way. Restoration Advisors, you pretty much get you know what you see. Now, Toby's not as fun as me. <laughs> Toby's going to kill me when he watches this. I put Toby on an Instagram one day with a video or an audio voiceover. He didn't know I was doing it, but man, that thing went viral. And he was like, oh my God, Clark, you're crazy. Before I go on, oftentimes I'm walking around here in our office, or our studio with no shoes on, usually wearing shorts, not today. Music playing, and that could be Jay-Z, it could be Willie Nelson, could be Bach. Um, we're just having fun. It's my company, my business, his business, our business, and we're going to do it our way or we won't have it at all. So that's that's the end of that topic. Moving into my next one, this one came from a post. It started out on my personal page, my Facebook and then I, I shared it to some professional pages that I'm part of and even our own group, Restoration Advisors. It means a lot to me, and it became important for me to share that with other people because I think it the effect was great. It was a huge feedback. I got lots of people that have commented, and they reached out to me with new questions, and that was special needs people, young adults, any age adults, it's not age-centric, with disabilities of some sort. Here's how the story went. And let me start by telling you that I have a stepdaughter, a daughter, that is a mid-20s and has a seizure disorder. I've met her when she was six years old when I met my wife, her mother. And um, her dad is, is in her life, and he's a great dad. But she lives with us, and I have always treated her like she's my daughter. But she's had a disability. It's a little, little complicated. She has a seizure disorder, causes a learning disability, and it really is slowing down of things. So she is on the side of things where she had to go to IEP classes in school, all through classes. She doesn't process things the same way. But let me tell you right now, she's probably the, I don't want to cry here <laughs> she might be one of the best humans i know and if you've ever if anyone listening has worked with been around has a child with special needs you'll know that their lens that they see the world in is much different than ours and i'm jealous and i try and i try and i try to see things more like they do and not see the things that we see every day that kind of turn our mind to the jaded pieces of tissue that they are Haley is my stepdaughter and she works at a local grocery store and they have a program there where they work especially on these kids in positions mostly cleaning they do some real remedial things some real task driven things she has a list that she goes through and she listen my daughter is high performing here she washes you know she can take care of herself she you know she can't drive because of the seizures if she has them but she pays her bills she can clean her clothes wash dishes cook for herself take care of herself remember all of her medications cares for a dog that well cared for a dog that passed away She's trying to get over that so she can get another dog. Has a, a boyfriend, has some best friends, lives in the social media world where she can really connect with people. But anyway, for all intents and purposes, it's it's not a true, you know, some people have it, a much more physical debilitating disorder. She doesn't. But she works at this grocery store and we shop at this store sometimes and it's caught me and Toby's Clark, you know, 
I wish I had 20 more just like her. Haley. She's these other people that work here, young adults, they were nowhere even close to her character. Makes me feel great. Her integrity, her work ethic. I mean, she literally goes through her list of what she has to do. And then she's asking everybody else if they need something. She asks if they need help in the front. She'll go get carts. It doesn't matter how hard it is. She doesn't look at things that she has to do. She looks at things at what she gets to do. She loves to make the money. You know, she she makes, you know, she probably makes 12, 13 bucks an hour. I, I, don't, I don't really know. I don't, she works part-time. But um, they call her and say, hey, so-and-so, we need to fill a shift. 99.9% of the time, she's a yes if she can. She always says yes. I'll come do whatever you need. She tells them, if I need to come back up here on a busy day and it's off day, call me. I'll come fill in. She just loves to know that she's helping this company do what they need to do. We don't see that very often. She doesn't care about what she has to do. Gets dirty. She doesn't care. She just knows that she has a job to do. It's an opportunity, and she loves it. So I made a post, and I, I told another story that I went to a, a movie theater here. We went to see a man called Otto with Tom Hanks. And this is a theater we go to quite often. And I, I don't have to explain to you how challenging it can be to hire teenagers, today's teenager, and interact with them in, in a in a service setting, a service-based business like a movie theater. But um, I walked into this theater, my wife and I and my mother-in-law, and we we interacted with four teenagers of you know young people. And at best, it was eh. No acknowledgement of us as a customer, no smiles, no real, you know, I don't need to be catered to, but nobody really felt like they had a job to do and it was their job to make the customer happy. Uh, we just paid what, what's it cost, 15, 18 bucks to go to a movie now and the Coke is $45,000. No one treating us like we're dropping some major dollars to come here. Thank you for coming in. So we interacted with four young people and then we walked over to where we give the person our ticket to go into the the theaters themselves. And as we're walking up, there's a, a young man, probably mid twenties. He's pretty tall. He's like six foot four up to my size. And as we're walking up, we've got Coke, we've got the popcorn and he's yelling. He's like, he goes, I made that popcorn. <laughs> and we cracked up loud. And he goes, I made that. That's the best batch of popcorn I made all day. And he didn't, but he was trying, you know, and he had a disorder, you know, he had a little bit, maybe autism, maybe Asperger's. I don't know what it was. He had a little bit of a, a step to his walk that was a little different, but he was there. He was with it, but he was trying to interact with us to try to disarm probably the, the hate that he gets or the, the treatment that he gets. I know, I know how people treat special needs kids. I have one and it, it, it makes me red, but people treat uh, special needs, disability kids pretty badly. Uh, especially those that work with them, but even the public, it's, it's appalling. You'd be astonished if, if you don't already you know some of the stories. But we walked up, and this, this young man was just the best employee they had. He was so glad to be doing something of value. He took our ticket, was cutting up with us, told us, asked us what movie, looked at the movie, said, oh, I haven't seen that yet. Make sure you come out and tell me how it is, but don't spoil it for me. And this is a kid that probably could not do a complicated math problem, but he knows people, and he was glad to be there. And he made my day. He made my day, and he, he inspired me between that and, and my daughter to write a post that just think about in your business where you could create a position for someone who might have difficulties such as that uh, brain issues or, or disabilities. Handicap and the brain's fine. doesn't matter. But these are people who are really, really looking for something to validate themselves, to really feel like they're not – they don't want to associate as what they – are crippled with. They want to associate for who they are. And I think that um, 
I think that there could be they could be on some customer service side. They could be into the phones. They certainly are going to be better employees than some of the entitled assholes that are applying. And, and hopefully you're not even hiring those people. But I know some people are. Maybe there's some places where someone could be a, a shop guy or girl. Maybe someone can be just to get your trucks ready for the next day and clean the trucks. They're not fragile. They can work hard. They go to Special Olympics and they can do stuff. Special Olympics, by the way. We used to attend the Special Olympics a lot and um, was some of the best days of my life. Absolutely the best examples of humans. And I'll, I'll tell you one thing. At most of the races, if you've ever been to the Special Olympics, the ones we went to, the one that came in first didn't get the most applause and, and accolades. It's the one that came in last. It's not about winning. It's about finishing. So think about that. I had some people reach out to me about where do you think you could Fine. We love that idea. I mean, people really loved it. I had a lot of people say, you know, I have a special needs child. I agree with you. This this is a magical story, and I was glad to write it. I wasn't writing it to get feedback. I was. I was writing it because I think it's something that if we as an industry, forget the industry, talk about the world, society, would promote these people and build them up on the ladders. Because once you find out what they're really like and what they're really about, you'll find out that they fit. I think your clientele will be apathetic to it or will, you know, empathetic to tell them more about your company than any kind of marketing could uh, of who you employ, that you're giving less than employable people a meaning, a meaning, uh, a place to belong. So think about that. And by the way, the person, the person, two people asked me where they could meet these people. I think obviously you don't want to post an ad saying we're looking for special needs, but go to the high school or the trade schools or go to some associations and ask your network. I always say, look at the network and ask, you know, I'd like to give some opportunities to people who don't normally get a lot of opportunities, but go to the high school and say, do you have any programs for Young adults that maybe they can work, you know, in a safe environment in your shop, part-time, a couple hours a week. Who knows, right? But go to the school IEP department, and they may know about programs for young adults after they're out of school. A lot of times they still need a place to continue to develop and become socially adept and, and sharpen the skills of life and stuff like that. And there may be. There, Haley was in one of those things um, for a couple of years after high school where she was working in this school owned county owned this cafeteria slash gift shop. And it was all employed by special needs kids. And she made bread. She made soups. She, she loved it. She served. So I would think about that. And so that was a good Good feel-good topic. I really got a lot of positive energy back from that, and um, I think it's something that we should grab onto because the more we do stuff like this, the more things that you show example of, it inspires others to do the same thing. If you're in BNI, bring this up at your BNI meeting. Bring it up in your marketing that you're uh, you have a, a, a few people on your staff that are brilliant. They just have handicaps and they provide a complete great service and I think it would would really and it would also really humble the rest of your staff I know some of the people that work with my daughter and they're probably a little embarrassed that the young woman that can't do everything they can do runs circles around them there's got to be a little bit of a sharp edge on that sword they get cut with so and I'm okay with that so I wanted to just kind of give you that so positive point Next point, number three, that I wanted to talk about today, and I hope I'm not going too fast because I'm just, I would love nothing more than to have another guest with me today to just bounce these things off of because conversation back and forth on this, I'm just giving some insights and I'm going to leave it with you to take these and do something with it. My next one is the growing aspect of restores that are just literally want to throw their hands up. 
and not be in this business anymore. I want to sell their company, burn it down, shut it down, start over. That's not healthy. goes back to my first point, having, not having fun. It, it's a couple of things there. It could, you know, it, it could be that you just you're stuck and you don't know. How, you can get out of these situations. If you feel like that, you don't have to long term. I can't think of one thing in your business that can't be turned around. They're bad employees. You hired them. Let's get on a path. I coach these things, or we do as restoration advisors. We're not in the middle of a war here in, in this country. We're literally victims of bombing. You have a, a business that has a very important need in your market. There's just something you don't know how to do. It's just that simple. Brazilian jiu-jitsu people that want, they have to go to a dojo and learn to do Brazilian jiu-jitsu. They can't just put a belt on and go to some matches. They're going to get their asses kicked. I could go on and on and on with the metaphors. There is an education to things. And part of it is running a business requires an education. You might be a great restorer. You might know how to dry and to clean and to remediate almost any size job you can come across. But do you know how to build a team that removes you from having to do it? Do you know how to teach another couple of people how to be future leaders and to do the things that you built? Do you know how to give a great mission statement and tell your company, your employees, not the public, your employees, where we're going, what winning looks like, and what we will and will not tolerate. Do you know how to hire the right people? Do you know how to change the system? Do you know how to quit using Xactimate when you don't want to use Xactimate, but you think that's how you have to use it? That's a limiting belief. You don't have to use Xactimate. You don't have to use the prices that are coming out of it. You don't have to do a lot of the stuff that you do. And, and I don't want to turn this into so much work of restoration-oriented stuff, but those are the examples of the people that shut that stuff out and move along and fix their company and don't do the stuff that's not working. Those are the ones that you're watching that are growing and scaling their company and having a great life and sticking money aside and having ample opportunity when we have a large freeze to get a tractor trailer of equipment so they can do more work because they have built a business that creates cash flow. I get it, but I'm watching, sadly, I'm watching a lot of great restorers give up. It's the great surrender. We might call it that this year. They just don't see it getting better. But if you're playing the game that you want to change what the insurance companies do, like I'm all about this whole movement that I've been a part of for years, but I educate you. Now, I have educated a few adjusters and claims people. I've had them at groups and summits and conferences, and I've spoken a few. At the end of the day, they don't really want to change because it's a profit-driven company. They are a for-profit company. They have stakeholders. They're doing what they're supposed to do because that's what companies do. The same as you. They're doing what sometimes you won't do. You're not a victim of that. Your customer is or may be, but you don't have to inherit all of the pain that your customer, your client, the, the insured or whoever has occurred to them. You don't have to. So I'm watching a lot of people get super depressed in their business. I clearly see some real personal things coming out of this. I know some people that are dealing with substance abuse, marital issues, depression, mental disorders. They may have already had that this is just um, exaggerating. And that's not great. And I would say make the hard choice that if you can't overcome it, get out of it. But don't live in that place. Don't continue every day. Now, you may say, what else would I do? Well, you know what? Not everyone is meant to be a business owner. You were great as an employee. You want to make a whole lot more money? It, you know, I don't know what to tell you, but I'll tell you right now that money doesn't mean shit when you're miserable at all. I'd rather be poor and happy or poor and reasonably comfortable than rich and miserable. 
So make a choice, but the empathetic part of me is I hate watching it, and I naturally try to ask the question is what can I do to help? But some people just don't want to, I mean, I, I have a lot of people take courses that I give about onboarding the customer and getting away from Xactimate. They know that's what needs to happen, but they don't do it because they have a million excuses about what if I do? What if you don't? What if you don't? So I want to move on from that one. That one's kind of heavy. I don't want to really dwell on it, but I want to tell you it doesn't have to be that way. I'd be happy to talk to anyone when I can. So if you want to reach out to me and just have a conversation, I'm not going to pitch you work with us. Don't work with us. I don't care, but I love this industry and the people that are in it generally. And I don't want to see what you don't know sink you. And, and I can't sit by idly and let that happen. Next subject. I made a funny post today. I'll go kind of quicker with this. I made a post in the restoration nation today. It's, it's not, listen, I don't drop posts and, and comments in to be disruptive. I don't do it for clickbait. I do it because I, I want to change the, the thinking. I want to put things in a different aspect, shine a different light on it. And I made it today. If you've got a mitigation department or a company that does mitigation, I would literally go into your job descriptions and your job titles. If you have a position called estimator, why don't you change it and let it be an invoicer? Words matter. Stop using the term, I'm sending an estimate for the mitigation that we already did. There is a time when you do estimate a job and, and you've got to be in, you know, you've got to know how to do that. But if you're estimating a job that you haven't done yet, which might be a mold, it might be even, I hope it's not water mitigation because that usually needs to go right away. But it might be, you know, you might be estimating the reconstruction, which is a whole different thing. But when we're talking about when you do emergency services and do the cleanup and do, you know, follow that, I won't even go into, you should be getting a contract, not a, a work authorization, but you should hand an invoice to your client and stop calling it estimate and sending it to an adjuster. Because when you say it's estimate, it begs for negotiation. It means that there's some wiggle room there and that's not the final number. An estimate is not what a customer pays, an invoice. So I just put in there, remove the job title of estimator to invoicer. They can still work in Xactimate. They can still create estimates from time to time. But if you do that, it might trigger you in your business to look at it differently. And then when anyone calls you to say, I want to take talk to you about the estimate, and it's about a water or fire that you did, let's correct that. It's an invoice. It's not an estimate, but what do you need to talk about? Are you ready to pay for it? What's your credit card number? No, I want to talk about the rates or the, the line items you use. No, I don't, I don't have that conversation. This is not negotiable. This is the work that's already been done. I handed in an invoice, and my price is fair because that's what I charge everyone. It's between me and the customer. Thank you very much. Have a great day. Thanks for calling. If you want to call back when you want to assign me a new job that you would like me to go take care of a customer for you my way, please call back. But if you call back for a negotiation, don't do it. That's the way I handle it. Simple, fair, firm, but I'm not going to be ugly. I'm not going to tell them they're assholes. So that, that post, and of course, it came up from a few people that were not really mitigation. I love Dave Hodge. Love him, but he does. He says mitigation is the wrong term. We should be emergency responder, emergency services, remediation specialist. But we call it mitigation. This industry, this is a word. Could we get more finite and correct that over time? Maybe. But let's fix the bigger problems first. So mitigation, we are mitigating the loss, meaning we're trying to keep it from doing more harm. We're trying to mitigate the loss where it doesn't ruin floors and grow mold and make people sick so there are some mitigating factors that we're doing there so i think we're splitting hairs there that's just about it the last one i got here was just um i don't want to go into it it kind of goes back to number our, my third topic was you know restores feeling fed up i saw of uh, a reel or a it's not tiktok i i don't do tiktok 
don't send me a TikTok. I won't open it. I don't look at it. But it was a clip from a YouTube video with this Navy SEAL. He's a door breacher. You may have seen it. Some long, man, he looked like a, man, long hair, long beard. So he's clearly no longer a, a SEAL. But he talked about he used to set up the charge and do the door breach. But he had three words that he would say to his team. But he'd turn around looking. He kind of really described it cool. He'd turn around in the dark of night, and all he could see were green dots on the infrared goggles that they were wearing. But he would say three words, and he goes, his team knew those were his three words to say. Execute, execute, execute. He goes, nothing happens. That door will not breach and blow until I hit this button and trigger. Executing your business. Stop being a passive waiter for something to change. It's not going to. No one's going to come help. You have to do it. If you haven't read Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willink, I know I talk about it a lot. I think it's on my shelf back here. Execute. It's hard. Don't do it all at one time. Find something that you need to change right now. Something that in the next 90 days that you need to look back and say, that is off my back, it's off my plate. Just do the one thing. Execute, but do not go year after year after year and quarter after quarter doing this one thing that's harming you and you may say ah oh, it's just really just it, it's upset if it's just not that bad and it's just a, a nuance and it's a nuisance to you then yeah don't don't worry about it but if it's if it's causing profit to be leaked if it's causing you not to have the life you expected because you own a company by the way if you own the company you're not supposed to work in it all the time you bought a company to give you the freedom to live the American dream. I believe that. Otherwise, go get a job. Go find yourself a job making 150, 180 that grants you some kind of level of security that you might desire, but you don't have to carry the burden of cash flow and hiring and stuff like that. Just do your job. If that's all you're looking for, that's the place to do it. But um, if you own the company, you are all of that's on your shoulder. I don't find it hard. I've grown restoration companies, and, and maybe that's why I became a coach because I didn't find it to be, it was difficult, but I didn't take it home and start drinking. I didn't hate my business. I never did. I, I sold it. The same with the other industry I was in, the, the dry cleaning. We had challenges. We had major challenges in the dry cleaning and laundry business before I sold it. And, and one was it became a commodity. It really, the value of our services were getting driven down. People quit dressing in clothes that they needed to go to a cleaners unless they just wanted starch and shirts. But the whole suit and tie and sweater of businesses changed. Think about that. That's the business I was in. You want to talk about a dying business? And the whole industry, our industry shifted to where if you are a premier price company, your clientele shrunk to people that could afford that or would. And then the the bargain basement people came along and said, I'm just going to charge a dollar a piece. Well, I couldn't do good work for a dollar a piece. You can't do good work by doing cheap work. I shifted to working with restoration companies on the wholesale level and doing mold and fire, you know, cleaning on textiles, which I could get a premium for and uh, good service. And then I sold that and made an exit. And then I got into this business. Be a business person. Don't be a bad business person. Build a company, but execute. Find a problem, find a solution, search it out, execute, solve it, put it behind you. That's it. Pick it up, put it down. Don't ever come back to it, period. Don't let people into your company that get in the way of you executing. Don't get let people come into your company that aren't the type of people that you would want to put in front of your customers that are going to run the business that you're designing. Don't do it. Be shorthanded and don't take in some revenue before you allow the wrong people to come in and put them in front of your customers. But execute, execute, execute. I can't tell you enough that that is the difference maker. That's the, ma the magic bullet you're waiting for is it's you. You've got to do it. Whatever it takes, 
if you've got to be motivated, hire a motivational speaker. Go on YouTube, watch Jordan Peterson, watch whoever, Tony Robbins, and motivate you every day. Whatever it takes, that's a tool. If that's what it takes, but don't just let it be in your ear and sit there. It needs to force you to do something, take action. Don't know what to do. Drop the ego. Ask for help. Hire a coach. Hire an expert. Go back to school. Buy a course. Buy a piece of software. Invest. It's a short-term expense for a long-term investment. That's all I want to say. I I, I didn't want to be preachy today. I wanted to have some fun. How can you find us? RestorationAdvisors.com. If you're wanting to do commercial work in your business, still get a hold of us through Restoration Advisors. And when I get CADEX built up, um, maybe we'll see each other in the next hurricane. You'll be out there working. Or just go to Restoration Nation, follow our stuff, be part of it. The best thing you can do for me and my business is help me raise the bar of this industry. You know why? Because the better professionals we have in this industry, the more my business will grow because people want to get even better. They get a taste of it and they want to be better. That's my long play. That's my ask. Disaster podcaster, I hope you enjoyed the session. If you have something that you want us to talk about, if you want me to have a guest, if you want to be on yourself, if you don't ever want to hear from me again, whatever it is, drop a comment, go to our website, let us know. Thank you for spending close to an hour of your time with us. I hope it's a great day, a great week, and we'll see you next week. Subscribe so you can catch them all because some of them are better than others. But I had a great time with you today, and I hope you do the same. Take care.